So let's continue with Das Taira. We're going to learn last week's uh, Parsha Shmini. Um, last week I was not able to come, unfortunately. So we're going to, but I did make copies last week, so we're going to learn that. So Vayavai Meisha Ba'aren. Pasuk says in Parsha Shmini that Meisha and Aaron came. Uva Rashi. Rashi says, Kivan Shara Aaron Shekarvai. So they did everything that they were supposed to. They brought all the rest, the necessary karbanis for the uh, the Shemini Lemiluim, for the Yemakamas uh, Amishkan. All the Maisim were supposed to, that were, they were supposed to do, they did. But the Shechina never came down. It didn't work. So was He felt very bad because he said, "I know, I know that the reason why Akedat was angry is because of me. That's why he's not being Because of me, the Shechina did not descend in Kal Yisrael." So he said to Meisha, Meisha Achai. This is what happened to me because I came in and I was embarrassed. So Rabbi Rucham says as follows: Yeah, yeah, he was embarrassed. He felt that it was because he was he was involved with the Chet Ego. That's why uh, he messed everything up. So Rabbi Rucham takes note of something that's very uh, that's very uh, interesting and it's important. Generally speaking, human nature is the opposite of what Aaron had just done. When we, when something goes wrong in our life, um, do we generally take blame for it ourselves? Do we say, oh, this is my fault? Generally speaking, says Rabbi Rucham, we don't. Any tsar that happens, we say that it must be because of this reason or that reason. He did something wrong, she did something wrong, but never me. I'm always exonerated. I'm always potter from everything. I blame other people. I have no problem blaming, you know, everybody and the, the Rabbanim and the Rabbeim and the this and that. But I'm not, it's not because of me. Although it's very possible that it is because of me that the tsara came, and especially because a person doesn't want to be on the hook, he doesn't want to be punished for being the cause of the, the tsara falling on the klal. Generally, we, we always pass the buck. We say it's somebody else's fault. We don't think that maybe I'm the one that caused it. So, and this is true with whatever happens. Anything that happens, um, you know, there could be like, a, whatever, some, uh, an accident, a tragedy, and, and we say, oh, I know why that happened, because people are talking by davening, or people are uh, wearing lace-top shetels, or they're doing, you know, they're, they're doing uh, this and that. We blame everything on other people. Corona happened because of this, and, you know, and, and maybe it's because of me. No, 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 it's not because of me. 
I, I always give myself a patur. I don't look at myself as being the, the, the cause of anything bad. I, I can see other people as being the cause of things bad, but I can't see myself. Amru Chazal, that during times of tsaris, when the Chachamim come and their geyser, tainis, they say, okay, everybody has to fast. What do you do? This is at the beginning of the second barrack of tainis. They take the they take the Arun HaKadosh out to the city square. So that... They will, people will be embarrassed of their sins. So, okay, so we take out the, uh, the teva and we publicize it. We bring the, we bring the tainus, we bring the, uh, the whole thing out into the public in order that everybody should be embarrassed about their averas. Now, if everybody's going to automatically just defer and, you know, and, and, and sort of pass the buck to his friend that it's not my fault, it's his fault. What's the point of the tainus anyway? And taking out the teva, who's going to be embarrassed? I'm not going to be embarrassed if I'm, if I'm, if we're out in the, in the middle of the, of the street now, we go out to Main Street and we have a, an Aranakaydish, everybody puts ashes on their head. And, but what's the point if everybody is just thinking it's Yenim, if everybody thinks it's the other guy, so who are we doing this for? Who's going to do tshuva? Isn't the point of a tainus after all that we should be inspired to do tshuva that we did something wrong? So who's going to do tshuva? But rather, you have to say that every person has to be taylor the chayv in himself. You have to, the real purpose of a tainus is that we should all come away feeling a little responsible or a lot responsible. That's the point of Tanesim. That's what a lot of the Masech the Tanesim is about, that we're supposed to, if the rain stops, Hashem didn't just stop the rain because you know, global warming. HaKadosh Baruch Hu stopped the rain because we're, he's upset about something. He wants us to change. There's something that we're doing wrong. And which means that every single person, you're not supposed to look at what other people are doing wrong. You're supposed to stop and think, you know, what am I doing wrong? What can I do to actually change? Maybe I have to, you know, take care of this problem, this severe. Maybe I have to do this mitzvah better. And as a result of that, uh, hopefully the, the, the rain will come again. But it will only come if we all think about what we're doing wrong ourselves. And that's what happens by every, uh, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, you know, if a Gadladar is Nifter, which, you know, the Gadladar is just Nifter, it's an amazing, amazing thing that the Gadladar was Nifter, you know, and then, I, I don't know if anyone watched, there was a, uh, a very big, so a ton of us paid them all over the world about Reb Chaim, but I, I watched on, I think it was Sunday night, there was a big Hespid um, in Lakewood, so Melchiel Cutler spoke, and um, Rabbi Ephraim Waxman spoke. And Rabbi Ephraim Waxman was saying that, you know, by Mesushelach, Mesushelach died like a week before the Mabel started, and, and he pushed off the Mabel, his Shiva pushed off the Mabel by a week. And because 
the Dara Mabal, apparently they were like busy doing tshuva. So the Mabal didn't come because they were being inspired by all the hespedim that was given from, from, from about Mesushalach. And then after the week of Shiva was over from Mesushalach, now the Mabal started. So he's saying that, you know, during the week of Shiva, people are inspired, but you have to do something about it. If you see the Galadar was Nifter, you have to think about what you did wrong or what we could do better and try to learn more and daven better and all the things that are Chaim perfected, we have to try to take a little lesson from that. And he says, so during the week of Shiva, it was like funny that he was saying it, like during the week of Shiva, we're still good. We're still, like the Mabel doesn't come yet, but don't be surprised if like right after the Shiva is over, then we're going to see what are the Mabel. And like, I was, oh, that's a big statement. And then sure enough, like within 24 hours, there was a, uh, you know, terrorist attack in B'nai Brak of all places. Um, you know, you didn't hear about it? You know, there were five people that were killed yesterday in B'nai Brak. Uh, they have a video of it. The guy, there's like an Arab that he had a, like a machine gun. He was just like shooting indiscriminately at people. Uh, like a Hamad Chacham was Nifter, and then I think two police officers was Nifter. And anyways, uh, but it was in Bnei Brak. That's like unthinkable. Like when Rebchaim was alive, that would never happen. I don't think it ever happened. You don't hear any, I don't, I don't think there was any, any terrorism in Bnei Brak. And Bnei Brak is stone's throw away from, from Tel Aviv and from all of the... Uh, you know, all the major business centers in Eretz Yisrael, B'nai Brak is very close to them. Reb Chaim Kanievsky, when, during the uh, Persian Gulf War, when Saddam Hussein was threatening to, uh, to lob missiles, you know, with, uh, with, it was a suffolk whether they had uh, nuclear warheads on the top of them or chemical warfare. So Reb Chaim Kanievsky guaranteed that B'nai Brak is the safest place, that no missiles are going to land in B'nai Brak. Uh, I think he said Rav Shach is here, and, well, anyway, but he was there. And, and sure enough, there was 39 missiles, Scud missiles. These were big missiles the size of school buses from Iraq. Okay? Now, even if they had no, they didn't have chemical uh, stuff in them, Baruch Hashem. But imagine like lobbing a school bus like a block away, what damage that would do. Now imagine lobbing a school bus from, uh, you know, from, uh, I don't know, from Canada to here. Like, that would be pretty damaging. No matter where it landed, just the school bus landing, you know, anywhere would be destructive. And there were a lot of school, there were a lot of missiles that landed um, all around B'nai Brak. The one landed in Mamish right on the border, but not in B'nai Brak proper, but not a single missile landed in B'nai Brak. Now, this is when they were trying to hit Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv. Like we think of Yerushalayim as the main place to, you know, the, but Gayim think of Tel Aviv, like that's where they want to hit, because that's where all, you know, the commerce is, the stock exchange, and all the Dizengorf, and all the parties, and the embassies, and whatever. You know, Tel Aviv is Tel Aviv. So it's like literally, and these weren't guided missiles, so they were just like lobbing it in the general direction of Tel Aviv, and not a single missile came into Bnei Brak. And... And then all of a sudden, and, and there was always a shmirah on Bnei Brak, the Torah of Reb Chaim, the Torah of Reb Shach, the Torah of the Stipe, the Torah of the Chazanish, uh, was Megan for, you know, and then, and then he was Nifter, Reb Chaim, and Mamish, a day after Shiva was over, all of a sudden, all of a sudden you have, uh, 
you have a terrorist attack with five people being killed, which is a lot of people, you know, wherever it may happen, and, and all Jewish lives are equal, of course, but just the, the fact that it happened in B'nai Brak is, uh, is something that, you know, it has to, like, at least, you know, send our antennas up a little bit and say, wait, there's something going on over here. And so when these things happen, um, as at Seabor, we should be, like, thinking about, like, wow, you know, there's obviously, uh, you know, there, there's um, something going on in the world. Or Chaim was nifter. Obviously, we need to do some tshuva. We need to do something for the fact that he was nifter. And now that he's not here, we need to make up for that shmira. That's how we should be thinking. That's the, that's the way a yid naturally, that's the response but instead, we, you know, we don't think that way. Either we, uh, we, we say, well, you know, that's an Eretz Yisrael. We don't have to worry about it here. Nothing to do with us. Everything's fine. Or, like, or maybe we'll, uh, we'll do something easy, like we'll send some money to, uh, you know, to the families of, of, of victims or whatever, which is a good thing also. But we avoid like, looking in the mirror and saying that, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe, maybe it's something to do with me. Maybe... I have to fix something. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this, or I should be doing more of that. And that's what Aaron Akayin did. Aaron Akayin, when he saw the Shechina wasn't sure, he could, have, he could have chalked it up to many, many other things than him. Aaron Akayin was a tzaddik hadar. He was the chacham of the dar. He was the, he was the ayav shalom, the right of was He was like the most perfect human being. He was the last person that really should take the blame for anything, but he was the first person to think that it's because of him that the Shechina was in Shaira. When Aaron saw that the Shechina did not come down to Klal Yisrael, he was upset, and he didn't blame it on anybody. There was, for sure, they had the Erev Rav there going on, and they had, uh, you know, the people that were chaytim with the Egel, and there was so many, you know, people that for sure would have been chayev more than him. The nation were chaytim He didn't do anything wrong. He was just trying to stall out, you know, to run out the clock so that Meish Rabbeinu could come down. He wasn't really achray for the Egel. It wasn't his thing. But yet, he looked in the mirror, and Tala HaSirchan Dafka Bay, the Sirchan, he blamed Dafka on himself, at Baishas, and he was embarrassed even. And we have to at least think that maybe I caused it. Maybe, if, maybe it was my sins, maybe... I was the cause of, of this happening. Maybe Reb Chaim was nifted because I wasn't. No, what does Reb Chaim have to do with me? I'm a little guy here sitting in Queens. Like, what did I do wrong there? Reb Chaim Kanievsky. I don't know, you know, but a person has to at least think, you know, is there something I'm doing wrong? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm responsible for something. Maybe it's because of me that there was a terrorist attack. Maybe it's because of me that, uh, you know, that uh, what, the Yid in Ukraine, maybe there's something... Uh, you know, you never know. I mean, we don't know yes, but we also don't know no. So the natural thing is human beings always deflect all problems and say, it's not my fault. But people that are great people, they look at themselves as being the one responsible. Not to have like Jewish guilt and like always, you know, this isn't uh, 
to make everybody feel like responsible for everything going on in the world. That we don't want to do either. We can't, we can't become paralyzed by, by fear and, and paranoia, and that, that's not a good thing either, of course. But at least in terms of like thinking a little bit about what I could make better, how could I, how could I improve my ways? How could I uh, you know, do my avayda better? How could I do more chesed? And, and by doing so, it's a tikkun for what happened. But you have to be in the madriga of an Adam Gadol to be able to, uh, to think that way. And even if you see other people sinning, maybe um, my portion is greater than theirs. I think they once asked the Briskarov. The Briskarov said that... Um, you know, I think he was speaking about like why Mashiach isn't here, and he was like bemoaning the fact that Mashiach isn't here and that we have to do tshuva. So somebody said the risk of it's not our fault. We're learning, we're davening. You know, it's probably the mechal Shabbos, the chilonim. They're mechal Shabbos with Farhesia, and they're you know driving in the, in the streets of Eretz Yisrael, and they're doing they're going to bars at night. It's not our fault. It's their fault. So the risk says, no, it's not. It's not their fault. He says they're. They're mistamatinaikishanishbu. They're they they have excuses. They they grew up not from they went to public schools. They didn't know they don't know Shabbos. They don't know from Kashrut. They don't know from from, from from anything. So they're they're Ainus. They're not they have no there's no they're exempt. Says the reason why Mashiach is not coming, the reason for the Tsaris in Gaulus is because of you and me. We know better and still we're not doing still we're speaking Lashnar, still we're doing this and we're doing that. And, you know, so it's easy to naturally blame the next guy, but Sadiqim and Gedalim, they always see themselves as being the cause or the potential cause of bad things happening. And this is the way of Hisairus uh, and Chizagadol, if a person is Ayman bin Isayan. So he's speaking to us. A person is in his room alone. This is his, him talking. This is before the age of smartphones and laptops and, uh, and, and anything. A person's in his, in his room alone. And he's Ahmed bin Isayin. I don't know what Nisayin was going on in the mirror in, in the dorms, but like you know, in the, 19, uh, in the 1920s, but, um, you know, I know what Nisayinists, there are going on in our generations. So, and you have a, th- you're thinking, you know, should I do this Avera or should I not? Should I look at this website or should I not? Should I watch this movie or should I not? And you're, you're in Nisayin, you're at a tipping point. Like, I don't know, I could go either way. So what do I do? So Rucham says that you have to think that if I am nichshal on this Avera, I could be causing a tremendous hezek, a tremendous devastation. Beruchnius uvegashmius l'chol Yisrael. Ubefrat l'vnei mekayme, and especially the people in our, in our vicinity. Uberuchnius keitzad. How would I cause a ruchnius sticker problem? Ki saser asyat dishmaya. Because you're removing the siyat deshmaya, like we, we just said about Bnei Brak. What did Reb Chaim do in Bnei Brak? He wasn't. He didn't have a 
He didn't have the, the uh, Iron Dome missile system. He didn't have, uh, he wasn't a fireman, he wasn't a policeman, he wasn't a chayal. What was he doing all day? How did he provide a shmira? He was learning Taira. He was sitting in his, in his house on Rashbam Street, learning his Gemara, learning, finishing Shas and Bavli, Yerushalmi, and Kala Kula every year. He was giving brachas to people. He was the Amun HaTaira, the Amun HaVayda, Amun HaChesed. And in that, from that standpoint, he provided an iron dome over the whole Bnei Brak. He was protecting the whole city. How? Because he gave the city a siyat to the Shmaya. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, okay, for Chaim is in Bnei Brak, it's safe. I'm not, I'm not going to let anything bad happen in, in the radius of Reb Chaim Kanievsky. He's, he's too good. He doesn't deserve to be in, in the middle of, any, of anything bad. And when, when we're doing the right thing, in a much, obviously a much smaller level, but who's to say that our learning, we learn in the, in the base Madrash, um, who's to say that that learning is not also providing protection for Queens, for New York City? I mean, if you think about it for a second, you know, not to scare anybody, but like, you know, 9-11 was a big deal, right? It was a, it was, it was a day that literally changed the world. I don't know, how old, was anyone born before 9-11? You were, everyone was, you were born before 9-11, but just barely. So 9-11 was, a, you know, was a, a game changer, of a, you know, it was an event that changed the world. But if you think about it, like what's preventing another 9-11? Is it that hard to have another 9-11? Is it that hard to like have a bomb? And like it doesn't have to be an airplane flying into a building, but like how hard is it to take a bomb, put it in the trunk of a car, and park it in the middle of mid Manhattan and, and take a walk? Is that impossible? Did that happen since 9-11? Did a, did a major bomb detonate in New York City in the last 20, whatever, years? No. That's incredible. That's, that's an incredible thing. If you stop and think, it's not a very big deal. I mean, the cops are good, but they're not going to be able to search every trunk in every car in Manhattan or in, or in uh, Washington, D.C. or in uh, Los Angeles or Chicago or New Jersey or wherever. So what is, what's protecting us? The only thing that's protecting us is the fact that there's a rabbinic shalom in the world that's, that's protecting us. Other than that, can't, you know, can't give too much credit to uh, home, homeland security and all that. They're, they're human beings. They can't stop everything. So it's very possible. It's not such a crazy thing to say that it's the Torah that we're learning and the mitzvahs that we're doing and the, and the davening that we're davening that is providing a protection, that's Yat Dishmaya, is protecting Queens, Brooklyn, Five Towns, Teaneck, wherever it is, the tire that's being learned in all these places is providing a protection. It's not, it's, it's, very, it's very plausible, to me at least. So Rabbi Rucham is saying that bef- when we're faced with certain Nisyanis, and we know that, that feeling, I think, right? When we're in a point like, I don't know, should I do it or should I not do it? Should I watch, should I not watch? And you really want to watch. There's no, your roommates are not, they went, uh, they went home already and they're not, they're not you, could, you have every, you have every uh, ability to do whatever you want. You're alone in the room, there's a door, the door is locked, do whatever you want. So what do you do? How do you stop yourself? So if you're really good 
you know, you, uh, I don't know, you throw the computer out the window or something, or you do something radical. Um, Barb Yerucham is giving us something that's very, very practical. Again, I don't know if it would help if the satan is mamish dancing around your room. I don't know if it's going to be strong enough to help, but at least it could enter our minds that if I do this now, it's very possible that I am pushing away the siyat d'shmaya that that yeshiva has, that, that, that our bismedish is providing. And if I, if I look at this, it could push away the, push away the shekhinah, and now we're going to be open to all types of stuff. Anything can happen. Chas you know, terrible things could potentially happen in any moment. The fact that they're not, we have Arabs like Mamish in every building around this area, from here all the way down to Walgreens, and uh, we had a guy in yeshiva last year, who was in, maybe it was even the beginning of this year, he was in Walgreens, anyone remember that? And he got, he got mugged. Yeah. Um, what? In Walgreens, over here, a couple of blocks down. And uh, they vouched, they took his phone away, and they, they hit him in the head, and whatever, like, it's a very dangerous area, Queens, this part of Queens, at least. Um, in the summer, I, uh, there was like a guy that tried to break into my house, I called the cops, and there was like, a, they didn't come. It was like, defund the police and blame de Blasio, whatever. It was like a disaster. Um, anyway, long story. I think I spoke about it once at a, at a tish, I think. But it was, uh, you know, we're, we're not as safe as we think we are. It's an illusion that we're safe. If we're safe, it's just because the Rabbi Shalom is Shimer, Klal Yisrael, and Yeshiva, and, and the communities that we live in. But Hashem is only here if we're gonna if we're gonna act like we should. If I, if we're not, then don't be surprised if like things start going very wrong. And so, just as like one final uh, poison pill before you do an avera, think for a second. If I do this avera, it might be on me if anything happens. If he, all of a sudden you hear it tomorrow that. You know, Chas Hashem, there was a car accident, or there was a, a terrorist attack, or there was a fire, or there was a, you know, something really bad that happened. It might be my fault. It might be my fault. When I, whatever I do, it brings Yisurin and it brings Tsaris on the Klal. People suffer when I do Averis. I speak Lashonara, I don't have Shmir Sinayim, I, uh, I miss davening in the morning, I, uh, you know, I... V'akailer halayi atali al-tzavara, and the, and the burden, the, uh, the yoke, the, uh, the uh, what do you call that thing when you're in a, you know, in the olden days they used to put your head in a, a lock, was it called? No, it's What? No. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I forget what it's called. You know, they, they, you like you put your head in something and then they close it. Was it a lock? Anyway, whatever it is, you'll 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 tell me afterwards. But uh, oh, stocks, a stock. I think it was called a stock. Check it out. Anyway, but um, so you put your, you know, that, that's what he's saying. You're, it's going to be on your neck. It's going to be your responsibility. If something bad happens, then look in a mirror. 
after something happens, he's saying, we also have to look in a mirror and say, maybe it's me. But he's saying more than that. He's saying that as a, as a, as a way to stop ourselves before we do an Avera, if we think before we do it that, wait, if I do this, and then there's a tragedy, it might very well be my fault. That's like maybe a way that could stop us even at the heat of the moment. Even if it's, you know, we're about to do it, rah, rah, we're going to do it. Says Avraham, think, try to think about that, that it might be your responsibility that if you do it and then something bad happens, it might be on you. Now, we don't know if it's on me. You know, in this world, there's no way of proving it. But, you know, I don't know how it works in the next world. But let's say it was because of me and I, and I caused, you know, I don't know, chas a fire and somebody dies in the fire. Maybe I'm on the hook for that. We don't know how things work. That's the problem. We, we're living in our world and we, we have our little sense of security in that I'm just a little guy. I'm not responsible for any. I'm just responsible for my own thing. And if I, if I, if I get punished, okay, I'll, I'll accept that. That's on me. But like, we don't understand the broader implications of a chet and what it does in terms of pushing away the shechina, siat deshmaya, ruchnias, gashmias, how it could really very badly uh, change the whole world. And the Nefesh HaChaim speaks about this at length also, but we're not going to... He speaks about it on a much more cosmic level. He says when you do an Avera, like you basically, um, you're affecting Eilam Islamala, and then it comes down and boomerangs against the world in a very, very... Uh, big way. Um, so he says, like, if there's, like, a tsunami in uh, the Pacific Rim and, like, you know, 3,000 people die and you think it has nothing to do with me, I never even heard of that place on the map. So he says, you never know. Like, it might be our fault. Now, again, I don't mean to, like, put Jewish guilt on us all and, like, you know, make us feel, like, really, like, you know, guilt-ridden about anything that we've done and how it affects other things. But, you know, just in, in the terms of, of it being enamored more with Aaron Akayin and how he saw things as being his own personal responsibility. He says to Meshach Rabbeinu, I think the Shekhinah didn't come because of me. That's an incredible thing. And we don't have to look at everything as our own fault, but if we really want to you know, be good Bali Aveda, it, it's not a bad idea once in a while at least to think just, you know, think it, uh, definitely Rosh Hashanah Kippur time we have a lot of time to do tshuva and to think about, you know, what we've doing, what we're doing right and wrong. But in general, throughout the year, it's it's helpful to make a cheshbon nefesh and to say, you know, maybe now the Reb Chaim is gone, maybe I should be doing more. Uh, whatever that more is, is up to you. But doing something better, or or being more shimer on on doing bad stuff, and um, against doing bad stuff, and. Uh, and that's, uh, and that's the way a Yid reacts, like Aaron Akayin, as opposed to the natural way of reaction is that got nothing to do with me, that's not my fault, not my problem, and nothing, nothing to see. See, as if, as if, uh, you see, as a fire truck. What? I know, I smelled it. I smelled it. I got so scared when I parked my car, I thought it was Chasisham much closer. I thought so. I was, I was like, it might have smelled like that. It must be very close, no? They only come when there's a false alarm. Okay, I'm going